0: Welcome to the Digital Transformation of Business podcast, brought to you by Hughes Arn.
1: Hello, hello, hello. This is Mike Tippett, and this is the Digital Transformation of Business podcast. I'm here with my two good friends, Mr. Chuck Keeler and Mr. Curtis Campbell. Hello. Hi. And this episode, we're going to talk about collaboration. In fact, I came up with a catchy title, The Collaboration Train is Coming, Do you have a ticket? The business landscape is changing as employees seek purpose or satisfaction along with accomplishing their tasks. And employers are trying to harness this worker ingenuity, and they're trying to support a diverse, multi-generational workforce that wants to work anytime and anywhere. They're finding that success depends on the ability to collaborate, which is different than work together collaboration and that's what we're going to dive into in this episode but they want the ability for people to collaborate and drive productivity within teams that are local and spread across the globe but the problem is people are more productive when they collaborate and how do we get them collaborating most effectively to support my premise there that people are more productive when they collaborate there was a harvest business review study said 64% of people stayed engaged in a task longer when they were working on the task with a group of people. Executives that were surveyed by Salesforce.com, they found 86% of the executives cited lack of collaboration or ineffective communication for majority of workplace failures. And at the highest point, 97% of employees and executives believe that a lack of alignment will impact the outcome of a task negatively. And that was from a McKinsey study. So I lay that out there, guys. What's your experience? What do you think?
0: I don't have quite the experience that other people that may be listening to this podcast do, but the first stat kind of hit me. I look at the times that I've served in team projects and when people are not aligned or when they're not engaged, they tend to kind of throw in the towel a little bit faster and they tend to not necessarily care as much about a deadline. But if everyone's taking ownership of a certain thing and they all feel kind of obligated to each other because the whole entire pie doesn't get cooked without every ingredient, I think that's something where this stat is especially true for me.
2: Yeah, 86% of executives cite lack of collaboration or ineffective communication for workplace failures. I mean, that's a pretty high number. That's a really high number.
1: Well, uh, you know, and I can't argue with that, right? If we were trying to do this podcast— and we didn't talk to each other on a regular basis, if we didn't say, hey, here's a topic idea and share that and everything, how successful would we be?
0: No, yeah, not at all. Well, and then I think about it from the aspect of, think of the projects that we've all been involved in that have failed. Where does it always fail? Communication yeah. and collaboration. Everything breaks down at that point. So
1: there's two questions that I have that kind of follow along with this when you start talking about collaboration, okay? And the first one is this. When you are saying, I want this team to collaborate We may say, and this team has remote workers. What defines a remote worker? Is it somebody who's on the same floor, but a different area? Is it somebody on a different floor of the same building? Is it someone who's across town, across the country, or across the ocean?
0: You start talking about collaboration and teams, remote workers, it's a pretty wide discussion. I think in my mind, a remote worker, to answer your first part of your question, is it doesn't matter where they are. It's somebody who feels connected to the initiative and feels connected to the team. So whether they're sitting right down the hallway, whether they're in a Starbucks in Singapore, if they are feeling connected and they can collaborate easily, it doesn't matter where they are. So therefore, yes, they are technically remote, but what's making the remote purely a distance thing? It's not necessarily a lack of collaboration.
1: I would put out there that in many cases somebody who's across the hall in a, you know depending on how your physical space is divided up but if they're in a different workspace or a different part of even the like I said the same floor of the same building you'll find that they feel remote because you're not collaborating you're not bringing the team together on a routine basis second part of that question or you know the second question there is can you improve collaboration with the physical space so let's assume for a minute that we're talking about a group of people who all come to work at the same postal address and go to the same floor of the same building okay but today they're in separate offices or they're in cubicles scattered around a particular area does opening up the workspace make a difference in collaboration i'm a big believer in modifying the workspace to
2: improve productivity not only productivity but improve The feeling of the workspace, the comfort, the pleasure that it is to be in that workspace. Uh, I recently read the biography of Apple's CEO, Tim Cook, and he and then Steve Jobs, of course, before that, they were really big into workspace modification, making the workspace allow for more productivity. And they built a big Apple Park, which is a big, giant kind of spaceship-looking circle. That's one building multiple floors, but everybody's under the same roof. And the way they did it is that you'd have all these hallways, actually two hallways, two major hallways, one on the inside of the circle, one on the outside of the circle, everybody's sitting on the inside of those two hallways. And the idea would be that you would walk around the entire place and you would have a bunch of places to stop and get coffee or to eat meals or to sit down on a bench. And if you go outside, you'd have places to sit and walk through trees and Steve Jobs was big on this, the accidental collaborations. The accidental, unintentional, the unplanned moments of collaboration. And he believed that the workspace could either prevent that or encourage that. And that's why he built the building the way he did. The same thing happened at Pixar when Steve Jobs pretty much designed the Pixar building. He says, I want a central location for eating and for picking up your mail and going to the restroom. And I want people to cross paths because of the way the architecture is, and that they will be forced to see people in other departments without planning those interactions.
0: As you were saying that I've seen where that same concept maybe didn't work very well, almost, and I'll clarify a little bit. I remember going on site with one of our customers and their workspace essentially was a wide open warehouse almost with just random little power outlets in the floor. And everyone had one of these stand up rolling desks where they could literally push it over to another area of the building and go meet with somebody. And then they had these floor to ceiling glass, almost kind of like a time capsule, like a conference room, but only a holding like two or three people. And to me, I felt like it was pretty cool because I was like, how neat is that that you would never have to worry about remembering something you needed at a meeting. You could just push your desk into a meeting. Right. But in talking with somebody who actually left that organization, They actually hated it because they would find that somebody might push their desk over to you for a meeting or over to an area for a meeting and never leave. (laughs) Couldn't get rid of them. (laughs) Couldn't get rid of them. And then they just felt like there was no privacy, like they just felt like they didn't have their own space. And so what I'm trying to get at here, in my mind, it comes down to culture right? So if your culture and your organization is one where there's just an overall theme of collaboration, then great, right? But I think it comes down to culture. Does this idea of meeting together in that common area, does this idea of pushing desks together work? Well, in some cases, it does. And I think in other cases, it doesn't. But I think it comes down to culture. I do think that the culture, like you said, Curtis, plus the environment
2: are really, really important. Now, you're describing something that was really an extreme case where For a while there, we had the kind of the the 60s and 70s and, and 80s where all of the office buildings were turning into cubicle farms where you have modified lighting and all these different things to where the idea for a lot of these companies was get to your seat, don't get up, do your work, focus, concentrate, head down. And the pendulum really swung pretty far the opposite direction to where you have giant open spaces and you have people riding scooters and ping pong tables everywhere. And what you described, Curtis, glass meeting rooms and desks that roll around and stuff like that. I think now we're seeing the pendulum kind of come back to center a little bit more to where you say, okay, there is an advantage to having an open room, but not too open. There is an advantage of having common areas, but maybe not everything is a common area. Maybe we do offer some privacy to our employees. So I think it's been difficult for corporate America to kind of find that sweet spot. I think we're getting there and we're getting closer to it.
1: Well, the payoff is huge, right? I mean, at the end of the day, if you get it right, or if you you get very close, you're going to get better interaction, better tracking, better reporting. You're going to get faster work. Collaboration will accelerate the way they deliver. You're going to get the productivity like we've talked about and If you do it right and you support them with the tools such as video conferencing and phones and things, you'll get that multiple geographic interactions as well. So I really think that the the prize is worth the work. And speaking as someone who literally just went through this process, right, our group recently moved from one physical facility to another, and we selected a space that had some office space, and then some open bullpen area. And we opened that up. But one of the beautiful things about our space is even those offices along the outside, the glass walls mean two things. The natural light comes on in from outside, which is huge. It really is just an incredible thing that we really didn't realize how much it was going to impact. But the second thing is it opens it up. So as I walk by, I can tell, you know, Curtis is in his office. He's working on something. He's kind of heads down, leaving him alone. Curtis is in his office. I look in. He says, yeah, you know, come on in. You can have those, like you said, Chuck, accidental interactions, which I think are incredible. And then the last thing I'd add to that is I'd like to think as as a leader of this team, when I see a couple of individuals in the lunchroom, even outside of lunchtime, if they're sitting there talking, I have a complete confidence that they're talking about work. Sure, people, we talk about our personal lives and everything, but you know what? I don't say, why aren't you at your desk? I'm like, they're doing some some thinking and some collaborating. But your pendulum example is right. I think we've started to see it settle back in the middle and find a place that's reasonable. Well, I'll tell you, let's talk a little bit about the history of some of this collaboration, right? You know, if you go back in time, it kind of all started with, let's say, WebEx, You went to, hey, we can get online and Curtis can put the document up on screen. We can all see the document at the same time. Or Curtis could pop up the uh, whiteboard and, you know, we can even share the pen and do these things that are collaborative one at a time and do some different things. But when the meeting ended, the meeting ended and that spread. You saw all kinds of things: ReadyTalk, Zoom, Blue Jeans, Go to Meeting, dozens and dozens. I mean, anymore, there's probably a good twenty-five or thirty products out there that do that meeting together video conference combined. The one thing I would like to say is I'd like to see death to all audio-only conference bridges. <laughs> when I get on one of those, I just cannot stand it. Because you have the one or two individuals. Oh, I'm sorry, I, I didn't hear that. You know, which, as I've said before, is code for I wasn't paying attention, <laughs> but just heard my name, right? And so, you know, I'm all about having video. I want you to know that we're watching you. I want you to be watching and pay attention. So, what drove us from WebEx, and I'm using that euphemistically, but you know, WebEx, what's coming now, and I think it's the in increased number of purpose-built cloud applications. Things like Jira, things like Basecamp, things like Yammer, Asana, Huddle, Slack. These tools, which in my opinion, have very, very distinct purposes, but this cloud enablement and collaboration aspect, they're just begging for some form of a, if you will, macro environment where they can all exist yeah all
2: these platforms are really good at uh, now hosting all kinds of different documents and files and then you can access them with your mobile device and with your desktop it's become really
0: uh accessible like we've never seen before chuck you hit it right on the head right it's the ability to not have to worry about sending out different versions of stuff and being able to work off the same copy Tip, I liked your example. Grab the pen and a whiteboard. That to me is brilliant. I I mean, I remember even back in the day when Google Drive first became available and Google Sheets and Google Docs and being able to sit there and I'm looking at one version, I can see that Carl Malone or Chuck Keeler are making a change on the same document. I remember my mind being about ready to explode. But how cool is it that we're not trying to say, oh, I have to save this as version 1.7 and this is 1.8 and 1.9 and then you have to figure out how to merge them all. It's something, it's like, can we accelerate the process by which we can accomplish something by doing it this way. I remember the times
2: before all of this stuff happened where I would take a thumb drive and I thought it was cool technology, a USB thumb drive, and I would put the files on the thumb drive, put it in my pocket, take it home. And if I needed to do something, I'd have it there on my thumb drive. And that's, to, to me, that was a great thing because prior to that, I was not able to access anything when I was at home or when I was somewhere else so it's come a long way uh, the cloud obviously and all these things we're talking about and i love having everything in my pocket on my phone automatically automatically accessible something sync to my desktop some things are just on the cloud ready for me to grab them
1: your usb example is a fantastic one dropbox solves that for us to a point right but what you find is you say hey i'm going to share this dropbox folder with five people each person downloads it, works on it, and then puts it back up, and you're back into that version one and 1A and, and so forth. But what we're finding now is that this concept of collaboration includes document storage. Okay. So in the early era, WebEx, you met, you shared a document, uh, you know, you could, you can pass the baton around and everybody can take their turn doing some editing. But now, like Curtis said, you're getting into an environment where literally we can both be in the document or five of us can be in the document at the same time because the document lives in that cloud environment and is in that virtual space. And so nobody has to worry about, do they have the current one? If they go to the virtual space and by definition, that virtual space lives on. And by the way, let's point out, WebEx is one of the early adopters of Teams, the concept of Teams. So they have a product that does this now, but they were you know, one of the early examples of collaboration too. But the first versions of WebEx, when you're just in WebEx meetings, when the meeting ended, content ended. Now, when you get into this team space where you have Cisco Teams, WebEx Teams, and Microsoft Teams and others, the space, if you will, that meeting room lives on virtually. I can come back to it later. We can bring a new person into the team, and they can catch up. They can see everything. And I think that's huge because, again, it drives me nuts when I realize that I've just spent 30 minutes editing a document that everybody else was actually two revs beyond, and 60% of my edits were
0: already captured by somebody else. Well, and I think also this is pretty cool, too, because we live in an increasingly mobile marketplace, A prime example is I travel a fair amount. I know you travel a lot, Tip, and Chuck, you travel too. And I remember editing a Google Doc or some kind of a document while I was literally in the air. And I was watching somebody else make changes to it as well. So it's you're able to collaborate when thoughts hit you the most. And I think that's a huge thing because, you know, you might wake up at 3 in the morning and be like, I don't want to get out of bed. But I know that if I have a cool thought, I can pull out my phone. I can go to Microsoft Teams open up a document on Teams, put a note in there so I don't forget about it, and then go back to sleep and realize that I caught that moment and I was able to collaborate in a way that was most convenient. That sort of explains some of the comments
1: we frequently see from Curtis. <laughs> you know, they're missing words. Uh-huh. and you know He's the only guy I know that can type a slur. <laughs> 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 well, You know, virtual teams mean a lot of things, and we've touched on some of those, but it means that we don't all have to be in the same physical space. So if a conference room is not available to us, even though we're all local, so what? You know, document sharing, we can bring in internal and external contributing people. We can integrate in these great tools, Jira, Asana, these agile tools and and things. We're able to bring those in and make them part of the experience. But the most important thing that I think this brings to us is we have to understand it's cloud it's not on my PC, it's not on my server, it's in the cloud. And that's what gives us the flexibility. That's what gives us this virtual nature. But all of a sudden now, IT leaders and and facilitators, they're forced to deliver an always-on experience for the end users that can't interrupt core business services, right? We still have to process payments, we still have to process email, the voice over IP, the phone system still has to work and everything. But it's becoming a requirement of business to collaborate for success. But the IT teams are being faced with these, these hurdles, security first and foremost amongst them. We're going through this right now, full disclosure. Hughes is in a process where we're now deploying a Teams environment. We happen to have selected Microsoft Teams for a number of reasons. But as we deploy this Teams environment, who's allowed to create a team which is an aspect of administration in there. We are holding that back with the IT organization right now. So if you want to create a team, you have to put in an IT ticket and make a request. Does that work for every organization? We have decided that once a team's created, there will be one or more owners of that team identified, then they're allowed to invite any other employee into that. But we're limiting To only employees, if you're not in the corporate IT directory, active directory, you can't be added to a team. External people can participate through the online aspect of teams, but they can't be made a member of the team. That's a way of protecting the information that goes up on there, making sure that we don't get too far ahead of ourselves. That's some of the things that we're going through and we're working on, and some people ask why besides the productivity and the things, let me just say, hey, I think those are soft. What's some of the real values? Well, we, we sat down and realized, and I say we because I was part of a focus group, I was part of a team that was asked to evaluate these concepts and things, but we realized how much money we were spending on conference bridge phone numbers. We realized that we had multiple Collaborative tools like WebEx, ReadyTalk, GoToMeeting, and we even had people who were already using Microsoft Teams. And there was a lot of money being spent that we could start to bring together and actually recognize some real savings. Another big driver was we wanted whatever we chose to have a really tight integration with Office 365. We moved to that platform. You know, we've been at a Microsoft Office shop for quite some time, but we're moving to Office 365 and having that cloud backend to the suite was very, very important that it be able to interact with our team's choice as well. You guys have been through the initial training and deployment and, and whatnot. What do you see? What have you experienced in the term of Teams?
0: In terms of like the software application, Teams, Are you on Microsoft or? specifically. Or? Well,
1: because that's what we're using, yes. But I don't want to sit here and say, "Well, this is a great thing about Microsoft Teams per se." But the collaborative capabilities—do you feel or have you sensed an increase in capability or a better environment since you know? Because we were WebEx, you know, users for a long time, right. right? This group was, but now we're moving
0: into this Teams space. Are you feeling it yet? I know I am, but it doesn't necessarily pertain to a specific software application. I just know that there's about a 2,300-mile difference between me and, and Chucks and my several colleagues on the marketing organization, and we have a routine meeting that happens every two weeks, and we have one PowerPoint deck that we all go off of to present, and we have it in the cloud in such a way that we can see when somebody's in a document and likewise can make edits even when somebody else is in a document and then still save it to the same location. So I've been able to see that. It's dramatically enhanced the time it takes to put a presentation like that together in my mind, because before we had that capability, it would take at least a full week to put that presentation together because somebody was sending it and they'd be like, oh, I didn't see that email or I got buried in my email. We can all be working off that same cloud-based document. And so we're now able to get that same document and get it prepared by even, and we even have outside resources that contribute to that report. And we're able to get that thing done in an hour, hour and a half, maybe, rather than it taking a full week. So it's in parallel instead of serial. Correct.
1: Yeah, which is very, very important. Yeah. So far, I like it simply because it's more
2: consistent. I like the consistency of the collaboration. I like the fact that we're all using the one system. Before you know it, you always have somebody who had their favorite way of conducting a meeting, a remote meeting. And so you have 10 team members using seven different ways of conducting a meeting, and it wasn't always easy for the, the end users, for the participants. And so you're downloading plugins, and you're doing all this different stuff. It's nice that we, that our organization as a whole, hundreds and hundreds of people, thousands of people, are getting on the same page.
1: Well, I the other thing, and I've read a little bit about this lately— In a team environment, like what we're describing, a collaborative environment, like what we've been talking about, you hang that document up there, everybody sees it. You make edits to that document, everybody's either alerted or comes in and realizes, and there's some real transparency there.
2: Yeah, visibility, definitely.
1: Yeah. You go beyond collaborative document editing, you start talking about task assignments and things, right? And there's some real capabilities here, and... You know, Chuck's the team lead on this particular thing. He makes an assignment to me and he makes an assignment to Curtis. We all see it and we all see when Curtis and Mike check that it's done and did they get it done on the deadline and everything. So, this transparency is big. And we've talked briefly about this and we'll probably have a good episode on this in the future, but objectives and key results, that concept, the idea that I hang the objective up there for the team, you guys hang objectives up there for your various projects, here's the key results and everything. It's very visible, very visible. And it's a good thing.
2: So when you have that one team member, the, the guy or the gal who is really good at using these functions, these features, uh, everybody can see that that one team member is excelling in his or her role. And it gives you kind of a push. It kind of gives you incentive. It kind of motivates you to go, okay, I can see what she's doing and she can see that I'm not doing much and everybody can kind of see where we're at. And, and that's probably a side note. That's probably a side function of this whole thing. But I like to see uh, how active people are in these solutions that we're using.
1: I have a constant fear as a leader that people will, oh, you know, Mike's using the new tool of the week. Here's, you know, Mike's got this, here we go. Because I, I have kind of insisted that this group that we're part of use some different things over the last few years. And uh, and I try very carefully not to not to pick something only to two weeks later, say, okay, move all your data from that to this. But I really am getting very, very enamored with and, and happy with these cloud collaboration capabilities. And I think as we mature in our use in some of them, we will trim down. We will trade out ones that we have been using for a while. And uh, I think that's that's really, really, I, I guess I, I was going to say it's really, really important, but it's really, really something you have to realize as a fact of life. There was a whole lot of really, reallys, but it came out really, really know, good. Really, really good, right?
2: Now, going beyond the technical aspect of this, going beyond the the technology and all the cool features and the connectivity and the the fact that we could connect with people all over the world very easily. How can this help us collaborate more effectively? That statistic of the 80 whatever percent of executives saying that lack of communication and then ineffective collaboration. So when it comes to the actual collaboration of the team members and the people using these systems, how do we improve that collaboration
1: despite what program we're using i think we were touching on it a minute ago it's the transparency i mean the communications have look the only reason if you're doing this collaboration like what we're talking about the only reason it doesn't help you is if you don't go in if you just say well i'm not i'm not logging in or i'm not connecting but if you do you're going to see what your teammates are doing you're going to be exposed for what you are or are not doing and therefore that is communication Communication isn't simply, I told Chuck I needed this and he said he would do it. It's Chuck sees what Mike and Curtis are doing and realizes that his part needs to come along in order for the whole cake to be successful.
0: Well, and I think there's also the component you you touched on in several previous episodes is the whole leadership by example, right? So, I mean, if you as a leader are not going to use a tool that you're kind of suggesting everybody else does— I think that's a problem. And not to, again, turn this into a Microsoft Teams discussion, but you were one of the early adopters of Microsoft Teams in the whole Hughes organization. And you were pretty much a Teams expert by the time anybody had really been greenlit to use this thing. It's funny you should say that because... In the committee, I was the WebEx proponent,
1: so I was the one fighting for WebEx teams, and uh, and so on and so forth. But no, once the decision's made, everybody's got to get on board and get in behind it. But Chuck, back to your question, I think that that openness and that transparency is what brings about that communication and solves that eighty-six percent problem. Well, listen, it's been a fantastic discussion, and and sadly, I think it's probably time to bring it to a close. But I just want to share a couple of things that I hope you're able to take away from this podcast, and that's the use of cloud-based collaboration tools is already coming, okay? It's already probably has pockets of use in your company today, and I would encourage you to go out and see if you don't find that to be the case and jump in and get involved. The next thing is that IT friends, you need not only support this movement, but you really ought to jump out in front and be a leader within the company to drive adoption. There are business benefits and you will find that it does help make your job as the IT organization better. And then the third and final point is look at your cloud connectivity between locations into the cloud, between the home office and locations and so forth. And if you're not ready Engage somebody like Hughes to help you analyze, prepare, and deploy the tools and services to ensure that you're ready to deliver these collaboration tools and services and give your end users the things that they need. So thank you very much for uh, for being with us today and have an awesome week.